folks, this episode of the Redneck Country Podcast is brought to you by OutdoorFunctions.com. OutdoorFunctions.com is an online calendar-based system where you can go on, scroll month to month to month so that you ensure you don't miss any kind of outdoor function coming down the pipe. Anything from clinics to banquets to fundraisers to gun club events, whether it's practices or competitions, folks, they're all on there. Head on over to OutdoorFunctions.com and take a look. You can even sort by the type of event you want to look for. At this point in time, they have completely wiped their calendar due to COVID to ensure all the events that are posted there are truly happening and therefore folks they need your help to rebuild it for free go on and hit the event submission button on the top right and be able to put your event in there to start to populate this calendar back up post COVID so that we can all get back out and enjoy the outdoors together so folks spread your wings try some outdoor events and please be sure to check out www.outdoorfunctions.com Hey folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You're on with Real Redneck Todd Millard, and of course, we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? I am here, and it's a beautiful night for a podcast. It is a beautiful night for a podcast. It's starting to warm up. And of course, sitting beside me is the patriarch of Redneck Country, my father, Real Redneck Don Millard. Dad, is your mic hot? Yep, it's hot. I'm ready to rock. Awesome. I'm turning it off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and you're all welcome. <laughs> oh, somebody's got to do it. Mom's not here I'm right now. I'm surprised he doesn't smack you. I'm really surprised. I walk you over made for this, this and you know what? It's no better when I walk home because I get the same thing there too. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mom's, Mom's not here. I got to keep him used to that's it. That's why I walk. Cause it's there's a peaceful interlude between each home. <laughs> That's it. I mean, you gotta have your Unless he sees that black Ford Explorer of mom's coming bombing down the sidewalk. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, well, Bill, what did you do this weekend? Well, you know what? I don't don't care what you you did this weekend (laughs) because I am so pumped about our next guest. Yeah, like yeah, crazy it, pump. And I think that it's going to be good. I think it is. I, I, I'm so that and so intelligent. And this is exactly, I have had my head in the sand on this issue forever. We've never done anything like this. I'm not even going to say what it is till we bring the guest on. But it, yep. honestly, if you are listening to this far and you are in any shit way, shape or form, the outdoor lifestyle thought about it, support it, know somebody you need have to have to have to, to listen to this right here because this this is unbelievable it, it's uh, it, off the charts uh, are we ready yeah, Dad, yeah i Dad, don't even did think you, you need to oh, go yeah, any further with our when, intro on that and let's when todd told me he was on. coming on i thought yeah i gotta get over there i want to i'm yeah i want i'm pumped to hear this there's gonna be rock star status yep. right here folks you gotta hear it all right without further ado let's get her done you ready let's do it all right folks so we have with us, I'm so excited. I'm super, I'm super excited because, well, for one, we haven't seen each other in quite some time. And because of the COVID situation and everything that's going down. And two, I'm so close. I feel like, and 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 this lady may <laughs> correct me where I'm wrong, but I feel like we're pretty good freaking friends and absolutely <laughs> love her, her man as well. So it, I'm so pumped that we actually get to have you on. So I, we, we have, and now let me prelude this because before I 
announce the name. I'm so excited that I'm going to say it. But before I do that, we're looking at having a conversation that we've avoided on this podcast for a long, long time. And I believe it is now becoming quite to the forefront of everybody's mind that is in this lifestyle and uh, north of the border and south of the border. So we find it very, very relevant that we'll finally touch on this topic. And the reason we avoided this is because I don't myself listen to podcasts that have anything to do with gun control. I don't listen to any podcasts that have anything to do with that whole thought process or premonition because I have heard it all before. <laughs> and I am full-blown in the lifestyle. Uh, trap shooter, uh, well, shotgunner in, in, in every sense of the word that I can imagine, hunter, avid hunter, everything else. And so have been always. And so I'm in it, but I avoid it. And I'm thinking, why? Why do I avoid this topic and it's because I feel like it's 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 pushing rope we never it's always the same thing that you know criminals aren't going to abide by gun laws and that's that and so to me that's full stop right and and then you can get into all of the analogies where you know it taking everybody's car away because a drunk driver goes in and drinks and drives and therefore nobody can have the responsibility of driving is is kind of the thought process and we've all had those conversations and we don't want that and it always comes to that so I avoid the social media platforms that discuss it and maybe even Emily you can shed light I know in Canada here we have the the CCFR we have the NFA and I just don't go on those and so I'm thinking if I don't I know there's got to be a lot. Bill, do you go on those social media sites much? Do you do you watch no, and I mean, follow it, them? And as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not interested in hearing the same same conversations over and the over again. The same rhetoric and feeling like you can't do anything, yeah, and no. there. And so, so it, with, it's not it's not the relevant conversation to have. And and we all know that you know to your point, criminals aren't going to follow the gun laws, and and what what's going on right now isn't good. But I think the conversation needs to go in a different direction in order to have some some validity to to what we need to do as sportsmen and ambassadors in the sport. Yeah, like, wow, analogies make you look smart, great. It's falling on deaf ears, quit saying them. And so, <laughs> really, what can we what can we do? And so, without further ado, this is why I'm so excited, because we, we shoot he with this... He named me. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's just the way rolls, right? His, 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 his brain moves in a different direction than sometimes, but hey, it's all mouth, fun and games. Mouth here. before the brains, folks, it just comes out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I'm pumped, because we shoot together all summer long, we talk all the time, and it is just, I'm so proud of being Emily Brown's friend, and to have her on the podcast is so freaking awesome. And so without further ado, welcome to the Redneck Country Podcast, Emily. Thank you. Well, thanks for that awesome introduction. Um, so part of the biggest problem with what's happening now is we don't really have a community that is... Um, following everything that's happening with our current government. And we actually have divisions amongst people who shoot with a variety of different shooting disciplines, who hunt only, um, you know, those who only shoot handguns, those who only shoot shotguns. And we, we kind of silo ourselves. Um, and what's happening now in, in, uh, the government and with gun legislation is absolutely critical for all of us. 
So I have been a trap shooter, shotgunner for over 48 years. I'm sorry, how, how, how so, long? No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? 48 you, you weren't years. supposed to say that. You could have said for many <laughs> years. And I say that because, uh, you know, I had an FAC. I went through the long gun registry. I've gone through every evolution of firearms, licensing, control, legislation, uh, and, you know, have come, you know, come up against it at every time. So what's happening now that's different? There seems to be an entirely different agenda. And uh, so what happened first, I guess, in this most recent onslaught against licensed uh, firearm owners is the um, legislation that was Bill C-71. Right. And that came about now, it was, it's almost two years ago. Uh, there was the biggest e-petition ever against that legislation. Again, it really um, did not do anything for public safety. And as you pointed out, Todd, that it's, you know, it's only going to address uh, legal firearms owners. Then last May, May 2020, uh, there was an order in council, uh, widespread gun ban. And an order in council meant that it didn't get any House of Commons review. It was simply mandated by the sitting government. And there's really, there was no recourse to it. And this in is... That, Sorry, yep, sorry, but th this is the scary yep. thing to me, right? Because it's it, it at this point it's dictated. There's it there's is. no vote, there's no no bipartisanship or involved or anything like that uh, to use a political word. Sorry, but yeah. th there's none of that, right? It it is this is law. Tough, deal with it. That's correct. And uh, the order in council gun ban banned 1,500 different firearms and variants. And if you have been following the news at all, you'll know that it was an Armalite uh, AR ban uh, largely, but there were other uh, firearms also on the list. Since that time, uh, the list has grown and more firearms have been added to it. And again, uh, without any debate in the House or any um, uh, feedback from anyone, firearms owners, uh, lobbyists, so uh, other who, government that, uh, parties. That was the Bill okay. Blair is when I hear and sorry, I, I acting like a total yeah. dummy here. Right. So Bill yeah. Blair is the guy that the, the person that is is bringing this forward to the public. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So under our current liberal federal government. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair, along with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, are making these um, new gun control uh, legislations. The reason for this is, um, you know, they're getting a lot of pressure. We just had uh, an anniversary, again, of the Polytechnique shooting in Montreal. And from that shooting, which was in 1989, uh, was born uh, an anti-gun group. Right. And so they have their existence has been based upon that um, that tragic event. And they have been pushing for gun control, widespread bans and so on ever since. So that so the gun ban that happened May 1st, 2020, uh, basically it said that there are two, uh, two years uh, and then gun owners are going to have to um sell their guns back to the government. That's the term they're using, a buyback program. A buyback, yeah. And they have now 
sent out a request for proposals from a variety of, of institutions in order to get them to take on this confiscation buyback, right? So who's going to organize it? Who's going to actually um, be taking the guns in? And we can look at New Zealand as an example, because that's really where the government is kind of, you know, getting this great idea that, it's, you know, they'll, they'll yeah. have this buyback confiscation program. Modeling it after their yeah. Right. So that was May 1st, 2020. And so we're looking at April 30th, 2022. A variety of, um, you know, firearm organizations, for example, the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights, they have launched and they had launched an injunction uh, in order to um, to hold off that uh, gun ban until their other legal cases fighting the Bill C-71 and the OIC gun ban were able to have their day in court. Uh, That injunction, which is a very difficult thing to get on any topic, uh, wasn't allowed. So it wasn't held up in the court. So basically then by April 30th, 2022, uh, those firearms uh, will either be you know, needed to be handed in or in theory destroyed. And, you know, the gun ban list, there were many firearms that went from non-restricted right to prohibited, jumping through the restricted category, uh, and then some who that went from restricted to prohibited. So, in fact, the government's concern is there are a large number of firearms that went from non-restricted to prohibited, and they honestly don't know where they are because of the long gun registry being dropped right. some years ago, right? So just in, for, for a quick question, how, yeah. how do you feel it's going to be different this time knowing how it failed, like the long gun registry failed last time from the administration, from the from the ability to, to control the total cost of the, of the project? Why is this one so much uh, more of a risk to sportsmen? Uh, other than the obvious that they're <laughs> they're, kind of, they're looking to to uh, take away I was uh, guns say, from law and and to expand right? on that, right, Bill? Is it's it, you said it by saying the sportsman because it's it, at a time there was a time when it was the the the, the restricted and every so it was the handguns that everybody's been talking about. Yeah, this, this but, is this is a change now, in paradigm. It's starting to become about. all in, and this is why I think it was imperative that we brought Emily on who is very well educated in this to come and talk and why we needed to finally have this topic because it's all sportsmen. Just like you said, it's not just handguns anymore. There it's no. it, and and where does it stop? And everybody has said that from the handgun folks, I guess, would claim they have said that since day 1, right? We all have to band together and, yeah. and agreed back yeah. then but i mean it was still yeah. wishy-washy here and there and and hey full disclosure maybe i didn't take it serious enough and now i think it's ring the alarm time so but sorry yeah right. I, I know bill yeah so so with the um the gun ban so you're going to hear or people will hear uh, on the tv you know we've we've now successfully we've banned assault rifles uh there's no real you know generalized accepted term for that, but they use that all the time to scare people. Um, if they are re- using the term assault 
weapon to um, to mean a full automatic firearm, those were already banned back in the 70s, 77. Yeah, prohibited, right? And I remember yeah, that day, right? Um, so we have now semi-automatic firearms, but no, no full automatic firearms. Then you may hear in use tactical firearms uh, or assault style. And again, I always kind of, if someone doesn't know anything about firearms, I, I compare it to my my Honda Accord that, you know, has a spoiler on the back that makes it look faster, you know, makes it look like a racing car, but really it's just a Honda Accord, right? Yeah. Um, and so, it's you know, that's just a Honda Accord. Do you actually, or, sorry, do you actually drive a Honda Accord? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Is but, it just a so Honda when, Accord? Anyway, sorry. Well, <laughs> it's a six speed Honda Accord. So it's a very nice. Honda there you Accord. go. So it is a sport <laughs> but, model. <laughs> but when people talk about, you know, the assault style, military style, tactical style, literally it is a style, you know, the caliber of rifle is, you know, no more lethal than any other, you know, 22 or whatever caliber firearm. Yeah, they're going so, by look. You know, it's made to look like something that it isn't. And it has never been, the ARs, for example, have never been in military use. Um, and what's what else the government is telling people who don't know is that they are not for hunting and not for sporting, which is a lie. Um, in fact, the Dominion of Canada Rifle Association, which has been in existence since 1857, mm-hmm. I didn't look that up, but around there, um, they have many events disciplines now that have used the AR platform because they are modular, they're flexible for a variety of sizes of shooters so that, you know, a youth shooter or a woman shooter um, can, you know, build a gun that fits them. They're very effective, but they're easy to use, right? And they're relatively inexpensive or can be. So um, they are, in fact, a sport shooting rifle. And also they are used for like a three-gun event, right? Yep. And so many three-gun events have now been, uh, they're now well, canceled in that, in that sense. They can't use those firearms anymore. Right. So that was Bill C-71 and then the May 1st Order and Council gun ban. And then now in the last week or so, we've had two more things happen. One more thing, I guess, with respect to how it's going to impact us, and that's um, proposal legislation Bill C-21. And so that adds an entire other layer of gun control on um, that will only impact licensed firearm owners. In conjunction with these two bills, Bill C-71 and Bill C-21, which directly um, impacts gun legislation are two uh, bills that I almost call partner bills because they are absolutely ridiculous. Bill C-75 and Bill C-22. Those two bills are um, bills that lighten or reduce sentences for criminal activity, for yeah. criminal sentencing. So, this so on the one hand, mind. we have this government adding a layer onto us, right? Bill C-75, Bill C-21. And on the other hand, they're reducing um, sentences for For, for gun crimes. crimes. I mean, right. yeah, I seen that. And I, I, I was like, yeah. this can't be real. And I, so I started to look into it and I'm going, this is absolutely insane. The same people that are demanding that they, they take these guns from, from homes from everywhere in Canada are then turning around and saying, well, 
that guy that used these same guns we want to take away, he shouldn't be locked up that long. We should let him out. And right. I, or so or even importing trafficking guns, yeah, bringing them in yeah. illegally, which yeah. is flooding the streets. They've now they're letting them out. So it's almost like they're they're it's like a make work project. Well, if we let these dudes out of jail, they're going to start importing illegal guns again, and then it's going to make us look like, hey, we can go grab those illegal guns. But they'll never grab the illegal ones. They'll only grab the legal ones. Oh, see, you're getting me all worked up. So uh, yeah, so that's. Um that is very disconcerting that a, a government would do these things, right? Um, basically, they are, you know, attacking licensed firearm owners who literally follow every rule of law because they love their sport, right? They love to hunt. They love to collect. Whatever it is you own your handgun yep. for, those are the three reasons. Sport shooting, hunting, collecting. In our case, collecting. yep, trap shooting, right? And yeah. they, and they um, follow every letter of the law because we have continuous eligibility, meaning every day... Our names are run through a law, national law enforcement database to ensure that we are upright citizens and have had no contact with, uh, with the law for nefarious reasons in the past 24 hours. Yeah. So, um, so this is what we're up against. Now, what do these bills mean to us? So Bill C-71 had a couple of important things. Um, one was, um, so when we uh, apply for or renew our firearms licenses, uh, you get a police check back for the past five years. So Bill C-71 wanted um, its passed, but it hasn't been implemented yet. They want um, a review, lifetime review. So if some young buck at age 21 gets into a bar fight, uh, gets an assault charge, for example, um, and then, you know, comes into his 30s, wants to take up trap shooting or handgun shooting or whatever, uh, you know, now their entire uh, life of, of activity would be reviewed. And it may not prevent them from getting a firearm license, but it's going to come into the review, right? Um there's also in this new bill, uh, C21, there is now the ability for any third party person to uh, report someone. Uh, they're kind of adding another layer of an existing red flag law. So if you think that someone is uh, at risk of harming themselves or others, right, you can contact uh, the CFO or the RCMP and they'll go and check in on someone. So now there's actually um, this bill C-21, which hasn't been passed but has been tabled, will allow uh, law enforcement to go in without a warranty, remove firearms from the home, um, you know, without without any uh, big review, I guess. They don't have to apply to a judge in order to get an order. So, uh, um, so yeah. with that one there, if anybody at any time says that I have done whatever, please yeah. can show up at my door without cause, without without much conversation, walk down and confiscate everything in my locker. That that is true. If a third party, um, you know, has, like a ticked off neighbor, put in a complaint, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. got some issues coming it can down be the done pipe without a warrant. Uh, where the information provided by a complainant suggests that there might not be time for a warrant. It's imminent danger. So, um, 
you know, and, and the, the next thing with Bill C-21, I don't know if you've heard this, you said you don't listen to this, but um, there's also uh, going to be a prohibition on importation, exportation and sale to um, of air guns, airsoft. I've heard this. My 13-year-old like modern fire. Yeah, my 13-year-old daughter, her a bunch of, of boys in her class all mm-hmm. do this airsoft thing. And so mm-hmm. now they're going to be like they go with their their parents and they all do it like this huge father-son thing once a week. They're going to be affected then by That's this. Correct. Yeah. My well, with all that how, how do they intend to manage it? A rule is only good good if somebody we have the infrastructure and resources to manage it, and it seems like a very monumental task for this to be successful. Well, if we look uh, back again to the order in council gun ban and that list of fifteen hundred guns and variants, um, basically, if you you know when this gun buyback slash confiscation is up and running, you have the option of turning your firearm in for money, whatever they're going to offer you. It will be pennies on the dollar for sure. But with this new bill, um, Bill C-21, it now goes back to that um, gun ban and says, well, you can't sell them, you can't use them, and you cannot will them. So that, that grandfathering has been deleted. So that means that basically, you know, they will, they're inert. They're just have to be stored according to storage regulations, which, you know, are rigorous, but you literally can't take them out of the safe and do anything with them unless we have a change in government. And that change in government would then overturn this order in council. And that is, that is a possibility. So let's talk about that. So what, cause really that's where we're going. Right. And sorry if I, we don't have to talk about that yet. If you got more to say on that stuff, but to me, that's, that's where I think we're going is what, what are our options? There really isn't another option other than a new government that has some common sense. There's one other thing I wanted to cover and I won't talk about, you know, more, there's a new penalties for, uh, unpinning, you know, your, your cartridge and making your magazine hold more shells than it should and so on. But the other thing that, that was part of bill C21 is allowing municipalities to ban firearms within their municipality. Yeah. Handgun bans in cities and municipalities. So explain that. Is that in effect now or coming into effect? So that was tabled as part of bill C21, which was tabled last Tuesday. So a week and a bit ago, and right away, many municipalities kind of jumped up and said, we're doing it. For example, Vancouver. Uh, I don't know if you saw an interview with um, Mayor Eisenberg from Hamilton. He says, yeah, that's great. That's that's what we're doing. Um, And then back when um, Prime Minister Trudeau talked about um, gun control as part of his Um, election platform in October 2019. He had seven mayors from the GTA around him nodding and saying, yes, 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 we want a handgun ban and we're going to do it. And they were, you know, Mississauga, Vaughn, so and so and so, so seven. And I, I wrote a letter and I wrote a letter to all of those seven mayors saying um, why this was not a good idea. Good for you. And of course, 
what's interesting and perhaps good is that this particular bill, C-21, the newest one, is getting pushback not only from licensed firearm owners and their groups that you know, lobby on behalf of us, but it's also getting pushback from the anti-gun groups because they say, wait a minute, you did, you promised to take them all away. You have, these are half measures and you have not um, followed your election promises. So they're angry because it didn't go far enough. And of course we're angry because we know this is not about public safety safety. This is about electioneering, right? So it's interesting, um, you know, that now the anti-gun groups are feeling used by this government. This government is building up to an election. They're expecting one in spring or summer or fall. We know it's going to be in this year and they're already using Bill C-21 and C-22 in their campaigning, if you will. If you look on Twitter and Facebook and everything, um, that liberal government is now using uh, their gun control announcements as part of their electioneering. So, yes, what is there to do? Um, so if you're sitting here uh, feeling hopeless, you know, there is, this is, you know, rubber meets the road. This is not a time to say, I don't like those black guns or I've never had a handgun, so it doesn't matter to me because uh, there are groups, there are three particular groups, I'm going to say, there's uh, Polysysuvian, there is Docs for Protection from Gun Control, and there is the Coalition for Gun Control. Uh, there are uh, members of those groups, Wendy Sukir, Dr. Alan Drummond, uh, Dr. Najma Ahmed, and they literally want all firearms gone from pub- private ownership in Canada. In fact, uh, Dr. Alan Drummond was interviewed by Pam Demoff, uh, MP Pam Demoff from Oakville, North Burlington. Um, she is one who said in the Senate that licensed firearms owners are only law abiding until they're not. Uh, so she's interviewed uh, Dr. Alan Drummond, who said hunting is so gone. No one should be hunting. Nobody wants deer on their table anyway, and we don't need anything like that. We are not a pioneering hunting culture. That came out just within this last week. So if you're a hunter thinking, oh, I just hunt, they're coming for you. They're coming after you. Absolutely. This is, yeah, that dude would starve in my house. That is not even... Uh, it is scary, Emily. See, you're it waking is. me up, it and is. this is why. Yeah. This is why we did this. So, can so what can we do? So, the liberals are. You figure they are <laughs> amping up for an election in the near future. Like we're talking pretty they near are. future. If you're saying April or like yeah, spring, we're spring, looking, summer. Uh, yeah. So the liberal government, uh, they're having a retreat in at the end of April when they're gathering everyone together, all the party uh, loyals, you know. And at that point, they're likely to be talking about when would the right time be for an election. When they think they can win. Everything that's going on, you know, the Conservative Party and the Liberal Party are, you know, neck and neck. And most oftentimes, the Liberal Party is still leading in the polls, if you believe the polls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, a lot of people 
uh, a lot of people uh, may say they are concerned about the Conservative Party because they're not they're not out there yelling, saying we're you know we're going to revoke this and we're going to do this and that. And they are. They have assured firearm owners, and it's actually in the policy declaration, which I was reading today. Now, now um, can I interrupt you for one second? Yeah. Just to validate this, because you know what you're talking about. And the reason you know what you're talking about, can I say it? Can I say it? (laughs) Uh, I will say it. (laughs) You say it. Okay. Because I'm so proud of you, Em. Thank you. Well, I, as I say, I've been shooting for over 48 years and I can no longer sit back and hope that my letter writing campaigns and my petition signing and my just vocal advocacy will do anything anymore. So I'm seeking the nomination to be the federal conservative candidate for my riding in Burlington, Ontario. Um, And really, you know, not everyone cares that I keep my firearms, but what they do care about is that public safety is addressed and everything that the liberal government is doing is ignoring the fact that we have, you know, drug labs, gangs, uh, we have human trafficking, right? We have so much going on that is not going to change one iota by putting more laws or more, um, restrictions on licensed firearm owners. So that is really why I'm doing this. Um, so what can you do? So the conservative, uh, party has said, and Aaron O'Toole, the leader who was, um, who was elected by the party membership just about a year ago now, I guess, uh, he has said when the conservatives come into power that they will revoke the order in council gun ban. Uh, he would like to do an entire uh, firearms legislation review entirely, throw the whole darn thing out and start again, where we are not going to have categories of hand of guns and, you know, all of these other things. And here's the deal, you know, if, if I can be trusted with a shotgun, I can be trusted with a handgun. Absolutely. Why do we need, why do we need categories? And in fact, you know, even when we look at magazine size, for example, and I know there's, you know, like that's part of the law, like, you know, five, 10, whatever. Again, you know, if I could be trusted with 10, I can be trusted with 20. Right. So, you know, um, there seems to be layers and complications that are unnecessarily unnecessary within the firearms legislation. A lot of people, uh, when Maxime Bernier um, removed himself from the Conservative Party and started his own party, people felt that, okay, well, I'm going to go there. That's where I want to, uh, to put my interest and my vote. But the problem is that really divided that right. So the Conservatives, who were conservatives were divided by by people moving to Maxime Bernier's party. Yeah, so, pretty, pretty know, much put a lot more power to the liberals in. in yeah. Absolutely yeah. did. Yeah, it absolutely did. And so what you know, what can we do? Well, you know, we can do our letter writing, contact your MP, regardless of what color uh, their party is, you know, whether they're liberal, whether they're NDP, green or conservative, contact your MP. Tell them what uh, you feel about these uh, new restrictions, all the bills that are coming out that only impact licensed owners and tell them that, you know, you're not going to vote for them unless, you know, you can be reassured that this nonsense will not uh, see the light of day. If you're in a conservative riding, then, you know, 
honestly, they are all for licensed firearm owners. I know many MPs in the Conservative Party, and they are hunters. They are sports shooters. Um, you know, many have their pals and their are pals. You know, yep. and they are certainly behind. We've had them come to the. We've had them come to a trap shoot. We've had them come to the Canadians, right? Yeah. So we have, and, and I can yep. I can name many. Yep. Um, so. So that's one thing. Make sure that your MP knows that this is not, uh, you know, you are not in agreement with any of this and explain why. And if you need help explaining, you know, like what the bill is and so on, there are lots of websites to refer refer to that really are, you know, making it more accessible, right? Like in layman's terms, what does this mean to you as a hunter? What does this mean to you as a sport shooter or a collector? Okay. So make sure you reach out to your MP. When the election is called, and even before your, the election is called, tell your MP or your conservative uh, party candidate who will be running in your riding, if you happen to be in one not a conservative riding, that you will volunteer for them, that you will support them financially or in kind by time that you spend door knocking, getting the message out um, about what's happening. Okay. So um, that's how you can help. And then for heaven's sake, vote, get out and vote. Uh, Even on voter day, if that's one day you can give to the campaign for your conservative candidate, offer to drive people who can't drive to the polls. If there's going to be in-person polling or offer to phone people you know, you can get a list of, of people who have said that they're going to vote conservative. You can phone them and say, have you voted today? I'm just reminding you to vote today because there are lists of, you know, who's voted and when they voted and so on that are that are provided to um, campaign volunteers. I tell you what, so there is a lot to do. And yeah, often my wife doesn't vote. And I drive, it drives me nuts that I tell her, she says, Not, nothing's going to change regardless. But you tell her that now the potential of me not going away or being out of the house a lot during hunting season and I'm going to be home a lot more <laughs> exactly. making some, she's going exactly. to go vote. <laughs> I'll tell I'll you, be her personally. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you will. And my mom's yep. going to vote, man, guaranteed, because she wants that out the house. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, yeah. Ah. Well, I've been uh, I've been involved as a volunteer or even a paid returning officer in elections, you know, since I was in university. I I never thought I would come to a place where I would actually be seeking public office. But as I said, this is time. It's the right time in my life. It's the right time with what's happening uh, in government right now. Um, we need to do this. And so if you're sitting back as a hunter uh, saying, well, you know what, uh, it doesn't impact me. I'm telling you it is. And it is getting imperative. Well, they do not want anyone to own a firearm. And and let me go a step further and say, if you're in the Burlington riding and not just because she's a friend of mine and not just because she's on this podcast, but bottom line, you better freaking vote for Emily Brown because <laughs> bottom line, you tell me who's more intelligent on this subject. I mean, you're, you're a professor and you have all of this knowledge and you are a lifetime sport shooter. There is nobody else I want up in Ottawa fighting for me than you. I, that's just a given. I, I mean, there's there's no... So Burlington, I need you to vote for Emily because I know she's going to be a vocal voice for us. 
Thank you. In fact, in Burlington, we have a rifle and handgun range uh, with 3,000 members and a 1,500-person wait list. So we have a community of firearms owners right here in Burlington. Yeah. Well, um, so, yeah. And, and let me let me go even further to if I could give you a little more accolades because I'm, I'm, I'm just going to hang it out there. I don't care because you are one of the biggest ambassadors for trap shooting, for shotgunning, for getting women into trap shooting and shotgunning. I mean, I don't know anybody that donates more time and, and, and you don't want people talking about it or really, or, or, or going out there for, Hey, look at me, I'm bringing these people. You just do it. And I, and I know firsthand that you drop everything to get somebody even says, I'd like to try that. You're, you're (laughs) darn near making sure they're there and they're going to love it. They're going to enjoy it. And you take them through. And so from my standpoint, again, there's nobody else that is a bigger ambassador. And oh my gosh, the fact that you're running for MP, this is, it's a no brainer. Burlington, wake up. Heck, I'm going to go try and sell my house, move to Burlington until the election's over, then I'll come back. I, I want to add my voice, Emily, as well. Holy always, dad's awake. I've, <laughs> I've been awake from the start, dude. I, I've always been impressed at how much of an ambassador you are for all shooting sports and how you give of yourself to so many people, new shooters, people having trouble. Uh, like, you help everyone. Your There's nobody nicer. Nobody. Yeah. I, I'm always... I consider you a friend. I've always enjoyed you and Frank's company under our canopy at the shoots and the time we spend together. And uh, I, I remember the time you were interviewed by a magazine as the woman in the shooting sports. And I got a copy and had you autograph your picture for me. And it's, <laughs> it's, it, that magazine's still hanging in my in my trophy room, and uh, I'm proud. To, I am proud to call you a friend. And uh, by all means, I'd like to add my voice to to your support in these issues because I've never seen anyone work harder and be so selfless and give so many reports and and uh, talk to groups to promote the safety and, and the fun that's had by this uh, camaraderie in these shooting sports. And I am proud to have you as a friend, Emily, and the times we spent together, the times we go out for supper together, and, and it's just it's just great to have you on this podcast tonight. Oh, thank you, Don. Now you're going to make me cry. This isn't good. <laughs> no, none of that. You're going to get Bill going. Oh, He's over there gosh. sipping his tea. He's already tearing up. Oh. I can tell. I'm listening. I'm listening. I so appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm listening and uh, in awe here of the things that I, you know, you, you maybe take for granted and don't know. And, and it, it, you know, for, for a sportsman and a shooter, of, as long as I've been as well, you get a feeling of helplessness in times like this, where there doesn't seem to be an end to the, you know, the trials that we're up against and the things that we have to go through in order to make this uh, uh, a future for our children and our families. And, and to continue the sports on from generation to generation. And, and it takes people like you that are willing to put that time out and us to willing to talk about it and not, not hide behind the fact that it's not us, it's not our responsibility. And, and we need to to do more and, and I'm hoping that when people are listening to this, it can open up a few of their eyes as well and, you know, maybe get a few more people out to the polls and get a few more people talking and interested in, and doing something besides the Facebook posts that says this is wrong and yeah. hope things are different next, next time around, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. We, we have to do more and we all have to do more. Like it has to be all of us coming together. Um, you know, 
I think that the, the Liberal government has purposely divided groups. You know, while we're dividing the East and the West. Uh, that's an obvious big one. And they're dividing uh, us as shooters. Now, you'll recall in some announcements by the Prime Minister, he said, well, we're not going after hunters. Oh, but wait, you are. Like, oh, we're only going after this group. And it, it, does, uh, it does set the tone that we're all going to just go into our own little groups, our own little silos, and just hope that they don't find us. And there, there has been a time, and I have to say, I mean, I started shooting when I was 12 years old, and I've never real, I've never hid uh, the fact that I'm a shooter. But um, you know, there are times when you know you you tend not to bring it up, depending on the group of people you're in, or it just doesn't come up. Now it comes up everywhere. We need to be proud of what we're doing. It is an awesome sport. It you know it provides mental health, physical health, you know, a family, a community yep. of shooters, responsibility um, at a young you know, age, yep. right? It's it's everything. It it really um, you know it really provides so much for us. So we have to be proud of that, and we can't hide behind you know. Well, gosh, it's funny when I mentioned at work, so I teach in the university college and when I said you know oh I'm I'm a trap shooter I'm a clay target shooter do you know what that is and and then you know it came up a couple of times after where someone goes oh don't piss her off you know what she does for a hobby and I used to laugh it off you know I used to kind of go <laughs> great uh, but now I don't now I say that is very hurtful and um, I don't appreciate that and I, you know I say we are safe. We are a law-abiding demographic. We are, you know, the least likely to commit a crime. And I, I, I appreciate that you are making a joke of it. But uh, with the, you know, the ongoing attack on my sport by our current government, I really just can't laugh it off anymore. And I say that now. And, um, you know, we, we have to be we have to be vocal. We have to educate at any time we can. We have to bring people out to the range, bring families out, like whole families shoot together. How what kind of sport uh, can you name where kids and mom and dad and grandpa can all participate and actually be competitive. And be competitive, right? yeah. 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 Whereas sex yeah. is not a problem. It doesn't matter because right. hormones don't help you shoot any better. And you're nope. you're a Canadian champ. I mean, you're, you're living proof of that. So yep. it, sex doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. None of that. And it, everybody can be competitive. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you can, you can choose what level you want to be at. You know, you can come out and, you know, plink away on a Saturday afternoon with your 22 rifle, or you can shoot a couple rounds of trap, you know, on a, on a lovely Sunday afternoon, or you can compete and you can compete. You know, there's categories, there's classes. You can compete with others at your level of ability um, until, you know, you reach the, the uh, epitome of shooting and you can, you know, be a champion. Shooting sports have been in almost every Olympic Games, unlike any other sport in the world. Yep. They are in, you know, Pan Am Games, Commonwealth Games. You can compete locally, nationally, internationally. Um, and it's, again, something that you have longevity, right? We have a shooter in Canada, Susan Natras, who's been competitive for... 50 years, I'm going to say. Um, so, you know, it's not something that, you know, like swimming or basketball where you've got this window of opportunity to be the best, to be the top athlete. And this then you're is past something your prime. that you can do yeah. for your whole life. Yeah, right? absolutely. 
Yeah. And when so you still think got a chance. You have a chance, Bill. <laughs> you need sure. to hook up with Emily and Franker. <laughs> and when you think about the toughest classes or toughest categories to compete in, it's the seniors group, right? The veterans, the sub-veterans, right? They're the only Those ones with time to get out there and do it all day long every yep. day. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. But we definitely, uh, you know, are a sport for everyone to enjoy. And, uh, you know, even if, so one of the things I'm involved with is the Canadian University Shooting Federation. And they are, uh, we are promoting sport, shooting sports across post-secondary institutions. So we have them um, in a variety of University of Calgary, um, Mount Royal University in Calgary, um, Concordia University finally got approved. Carleton University has a very active club. You know, those are the young people who, you know, they're going to have disposable income at some point. Um, they, they're, they are the biggest voting demographic now. So, you know, encouraging the shooting sports at that post-secondary level is powerful to our sport. It brings people in that we need, right? We need younger That's people in. That's a good answer. Yes. We need, we need those voters. Even if they decide they're going to come out for a time, see what it's about. They have a blast, no pun intended. They love it. It's so much fun, but while they're still going to do their other sport or they're not going to take it up uh, as a sport. I've never had anybody say that to me. They hit one target, they're hooked. Right. And the fact that they've had a lovely experience, the fact that they see the safety and the community that exists on any range, right? they're going to at least know and they can spread that word. Wow. I went and tried shooting once. Oh my goodness. It was so fun, you know, and they're not the people who are causing a problem in, in, uh, in crime. Right. So it's, it's really that, you know, one person at a time, like bring them out, bring families out and really um, get them to be your, your ambassadors. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I can compare that. I can compare that comment and uh, to to the rodeo side when we had, you know, uh, protesters that were out, out front of rodeo, and we welcomed them to come in and see. Yeah, your hometown, right, Bill? Your hometown, right, Bill? Your hometown rodeo. Right. Yeah, right. we had a preconceived notion. Or they had a preconceived notion of what uh, they were expected to see from the cruelty side and all that. What they had in their minds, and when they came in. We, we welcomed them to walk around and we showed them back pens. And I was a, uh, the Eastern director for the Canadian Cowboy Association. So I was part of that uh, walkabout. And at the end of it, they said, they, they said, thank you. You know, we, we didn't realize that your animals were treated so well. You were <laughs> like so, so straight. Like royalty. Open, Cowboys, right? they, we don't matter. It's the bit there. Those animals it's are treated like. Talk. That's yeah. the right. family. They're yeah. worth and a that, lot more I, money and, than and that's with the shooting sports as well. That the preconceived notion out there with the social media posts and everything people see tends to be on the negative side where. If you come and experience it, it's so not. Yeah. 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 That's a really good comparison, Bill, actually. And uh, I lived in Calgary for 22 years and was a real, like, huge rodeo lover. And, um, you know, and often got back um, behind the the, um, pens. And, yeah, to just see the animals, how they're treated, the love they have for them. They're part of the family. And it's, you know, it's the same with firearms. We're, we're safe, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know, we're a community, right? And, and that's right. Education is a big thing that we need on all fronts, right? 
Absolutely. I, I really yeah. liked, Emily, what you said. I never looked at it that way before. When people make jokes like they said, oh, you know what she does, don't tick her off. I never yeah. looked like yeah. that is really good advice and, and uh, be proud of what you do. Like when I tore my rotator cuff and I went to physiotherapy and I also went to see a surgeon, the physiotherapist says, okay, how aggressive do you want to work? What's your main reason for and, and what's the movement you want to get back in your arm? And I said, I'm a trap shooter. And I yeah. and the surgeon said the same thing. Like, okay, are you in pain? No. Do you wake? No. Uh, do you want to go through this surgery? And I said, well, I can't lift my trap gun. And I'm currently the, what is it? The veteran uh, handicapped trap shooting champion of Ontario. And I <laughs> want to defend my title. So I need you to <laughs> tell me to do something because I can't lift my trap gun right now. So the therapist worked hard for me. The, uh, the the surgeon, he gave me recommendations on what to do and with that in mind. And uh, I saw nothing wrong with saying that because that's what Absolutely. I want to do. That's what I'd love to yeah. do. And, you know, we've shot together. We've shot in the yeah. same squads. Yeah. You were you were on my squad when I, I believe when I shot my first 100 straight in competition. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. <laughs> it, it's just great. And so I, I like that advice to be proud of what you do and don't be ashamed of yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we've, we've, uh, you know, we've kind of put it in the closet for a while because, you know, we're tired of, you know, every time you'd mention firearms, you'd end up in some kind of debate, you know? Yeah. And I think perhaps it's easier as a woman because, um, you know, I've been to a, a large number of town halls, political town halls and so on, where, you know, it was, um, an open forum. So it wasn't just about firearms, but, you know, I'd put up my hand right away to ask a question. And this, this is when we were actually picking a new leader for the conservative party. You know, I, my hand would go up as soon as it would say, okay, we now have time for class for questions. My hand would fly up and they'd pick me because I look like a fairly innocuous woman. What possibly could she, you know, what offensive (laughs) thing could she possibly ask? Uh, And I would say, I'm a sports shooter and I'm very concerned about what's happening with, uh, you know, firearms legislation. And I want to know what you're going to do uh, if you become the leader of the party and if you end up being our prime minister. And I, I think I was, you know, no, again, no pun intended, disarming. They didn't expect that that question would come out of a, you know, a, a bit older woman. So um, I think, you know, for, in some ways, people listen to me more when I talk about firearms because, you know, I don't fit the stereotype and they maybe want to know more. Maybe they're curious. Uh, they want to know why I love it so much, why it means so much to me. Um, and there are there are a few questions. I just kind of want to maybe end up with this, but there are a few questions that um, are often addressed, you know, or asked, and we often don't know how do we respond to it. But one of the big questions is, are these, um, you know, new gun legislation, is it about public safety? And the answer, of course, is no, right? We know that. Um, The second one is, you know, where do these crime guns come from? So the Liberal government would have you believe that they come from straw purchases where legal owners buy them and then sell them in the criminal market. (laughs) We know that they are coming in droves across the border from the U.S. We know that statistically 90 plus uh, come from across the border. Uh, Then they are suggesting, of course, that some firearms are acquired by robbing homes or people who have them. And we know actually there was 850 some firearms that were lost or stolen by law enforcement in the past couple of decades, 850 firearms. So we're, we're not, you know, the only ones that they could steal from. 
the second kind of um, uh, fallacy is more guns mean more cr- more crime, and you know statistically that that isn't the case. Um, and one one question that John Tory from uh, he's mayor of Toronto always asks is why would anyone need a gun? What is it about guns? What is it about gun culture? And that's often a question. And and we have to, you know, be able to respond to that. Now, the CCFR has put up um, five different uh, videos called Gun Ban Canada Exposed, and they answer those questions with evidence. So if you're looking for something to write in a letter to your MP or for some sort of, uh, you know, facts, that you want to be able to, you know, talk to someone about or post on your own social media. They're really good resources to go through. But, um, you know, we're, we're fighting an uphill battle, and but we need to fight it together. Agreed. Amen. Yeah, that was that was an excellent, excellent conversation there. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! Very much enjoyed it. I don't know. That was that was super intelligent. I I, I awesome. <laughs> no, I like for real because from somebody that's been involved in it forever, and I avoid it. And, I, I, I knew it would be good, Emily. I've always been proud of you, and you and you did uh, this podcast proud tonight. It's a lot of really Thank good, sensible you. information. We're glad to have you on. True well, story. It's frightening. Like I sent Todd the um, link to that interview with Dr. Alan Drummond, who says. Oh, hunting is so over. We don't need that in our in our country. <sighs> that's you know that's yeah. directly hitting you guys. It's got to wake yeah. the wake wake yeah, wake up everybody. Awful. That like bottom line, yeah. and I hate to say yeah. it because I've always forever been like yeah yeah yeah, and and now no no no, I'm saying it. I, I've been that yeah. guy that's avoided this. <laughs> wake up. We need to do something. Yeah. So, yeah. Em, and you uh, drag your wives and your girlfriends right. and your adult children, all to of vote, your neighbors, your, mom, your neighbors. Yep. Absolutely. yep. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. It just uh, we can't we can't do it without without getting another party, and we can't do it without not getting conservatives in. I'm telling you. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, it's sad. Like we, it's sad that the conservative side or the right side, the firearm, you know supporting side is, is divided. Um, I, I had a conversation with a guy on Facebook message. I've been messaging people who I see live in Burlington and, and I have a little paragraph that I say, Oh, I'm a firearms owner. I'm seeking the nomination for the candidate for this part, for this writing. You know, are you a member? Can you sign my nomination papers? And this one guy came back saying, Oh, I support the other party, whatever it's called people's party, whatever Max is uh, parties called. And I said, Oh, okay, well, you know, and then I kind of said, well, you know, he can't run his own riding. So how do you expect him to form government? So a vote for him is really a liberal vote. And I've actually got him to come around. We've talked, uh, you know, about, you know, the love of firearms and, you know, we've bantered a bit. I sent him a video, uh, of an interview and of me shooting and saying, look, like I'm not joking around. Like I really do shoot and I really will be an advocate for our community. And he said, I'm going to join. I'm going to vote for you. That's so, awesome. And we need everybody yeah, to absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't stress it enough, but, but I'm just one, like we have to have every riding fighting for their conservative yep. candidate. Yep. That's all. 
So, well, yeah. M, appreciate you coming on. And I know you have already kind of promised that you'll come back on again. And then that this time oh, we'll sure. get to go on to the lighter side of the, of the, of the, <laughs> yeah. of the shooting world, right? Sports. It didn't even go, the, the conversation didn't even go where I thought it was, but it was a good, good conversation. I want to know more about who you are, what you, you've done. The in the Canadian champ, M, and, yeah. and her we've, man. Yes. We've met. But uh, we haven't really hung out, uh, and uh, by the sounds of it, and everything Todd's got to say, there's a lot more to you than just the political yeah, side of it. Yeah, I don't want to release it all right yet because I'm excited to bring <laughs> no, her back up. It. Movie star M, we got <laughs> yeah. all the different facets of M. So yeah, we, I just hope that we can start shooting again this summer. I just I agreed. feel you know I don't I'm I'm very competitive, and so. For me to just go to the club and practice, Can't I get do it. sloppy. I'm the same. I get complacent. You don't care. I, I need no, to, yeah, I need to put something on the line. <laughs> I need yeah. to be like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't it just shoot in practice. I just don't care. I need that competition <laughs> to drive me. I, I'm with you. And you know what's interesting about, uh, so I was asked to seek the nomination. I didn't go looking for it. Somebody said to me, have you ever considered running? We need a good candidate for our writing. Yep. And then I thought, oh, okay, well, when they get to the path, you know, the part where they look at my social media or they ask me questions and they find out I'm a, a rabid firearm owner who is very vocal about my sports, what's going to happen? Will I be dropped like a hot potato? And then this guy who asked me, he said, oh, I see you're a firearms advocate. Um, yep, I am. I am. And I, and this is why. And I just, you know, and he goes, we're really pleased about that. We, meaning the riding association, they said, you know, traditional conservatives are all behind, you know, private, you know, property ownership and firearms and, you know, they support hunters and sports shooters. And I'm like, perfect. And, and I was surprised, right. I was surprised that, that they, was they that thought welcoming? that was a huge yep. benefit, yeah. right. Cause I thought, Oh boy, here we go. Might be a liability so, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, yeah. and that's good news to hear too, right. That the could, the actual party itself is, is there. Yeah. Yep. And having said that, though, like I really am presenting it in what I'm writing and what I'm saying and what I will say, I'm I'm broaching it from a public safety perspective that we are safe and that whatever they do to us is not going to make us more safe. Yeah. Um, there was just a robbery down at the Telus store, uh, like, I don't know, two four blocks away and on our little Burlington community Facebook page, someone's like, Oh my gosh, what's happening in Burlington? Blah, blah, blah. We're just like Toronto now. And I wrote, I said, this is what happens when a federal liberal government only goes after, you know, and leaves the criminals to run. And you need to look up these bills to find out what's happening, you know, to criminal sentences. And it was like, Whoa. And people thought it was a great comment. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm kind of like spreading the fertilizer right? <laughs> so that it will grow grass. And, and we all need say, to do oh. that. So, yeah. right. Like we need to be armed with your knowledge. Bottom line, full stop. It, right. So, well, we, yeah, it's that's that's what it's going to take us armed with that knowledge and promoting it to everybody we know. Everybody educate. That's all we need. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks educate. again. Em, and I can attest that there is far more to you than just. Uh, yeah. 
Plus this knowledge is <laughs> Next sharing. podcast. I'm excited yeah. for that one. I, I'm even I'm even more excited for that one. So that's, that's awesome. Awesome. It's not about the math, I guess. And <laughs> we, can, we can get into that, Professor. <laughs> but, yeah, no. but we might even, if we could even coerce the Franker into coming on, it'd be awesome. But yeah, like he's like Skipper and I'm the professor. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying a word. I'm not saying, he may have the hat, but I'm not even saying a word. That's awesome. Right? Thanks. Thanks, thanks for true. coming on, though, Em. That's so thanks. awesome. Thanks, Emily. All right. Really appreciate we'll talk Thanks, to you Emily. Guys soon. Yeah, for oh, sure. I miss you all. Yeah. I know. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And, folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.